Hi, I'm Lauren, and this is my mom, Joni, and we're here with Jacob with the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm here to share my story and God's healing and grace. So, so Lauren and Joni, I'm excited to have you on the Pro-Life Team Podcast. Would both of you, would each of you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a group of pregnancy clinic uh, leaders or executive directors? My name is Lauren Johnston, and I have been born and raised in Tucson, Arizona, and I'm excited to be here and share my story, um, and the truth is what I want to get across. Awesome. And I'm Joni Hammond. I'm the CEO of Hands of Hope Tucson. Um, Hands of Hope has been around for 42 years. Um, I was At first, I was a board member for about 30 years, and then I am now the CEO, and um, have pretty much devoted my life to um, this calling. Awesome. So, so Lauren, tell us, tell us your story. Uh, tell us the, yeah, you, you can sh- and shape it how you think might be most, most helpful to those listening. Okay. Thank you. Um, about 13 years ago, I found myself pregnant and I was in a toxic relationship and there was no if and buts about it. We're having an abortion and he made the appointment and did all the work. So I went young, not knowing anything. I knew Planned Parenthood was not a good idea. I knew the Bible. I grew up Christian and what was right and wrong, but I felt trapped. And I went and um, it was awful, really cold, dark place. I never would set foot in there ever. And they don't tell you the facts. They don't tell you the truth. They don't tell you anything. They just want their money. And then you go back into a cold room and they don't explain anything of what's going to happen. And it's dangerous, honestly. And um, I took a pill there in that office, signed some paperwork, went home. The next day I took the second pill and I was home alone in the bathroom crying, weeping, praying, asking God to take the pain away emotionally and physically. And I did that in the bathroom that I still can't go into right now. And it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. And that was just the beginning of the process of keeping a secret for 11 years and feeling the shame and guilt that just consumed my life. And I was looking for an outlet, drinking, partying, anything to just numb the pain of that abortion pill in my baby. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like to share this story the first time? or and when, and when was that when you first shared this story? So my mom invited me to um, Calvary Chapel's women's retreat. And I was like, Ugh. And then I, but I had this like ache in my heart and I went and I went with anxiety. Like I need to tell somebody this. I need to tell my mom, the person I trust, I can do it. I need to do it because it was just such a dark place in my life. And it was a beautiful retreat in that night, Saturday night. I told my mom about the abortion and she took me in and she just held me. And as I just poured and sobbed into her arms and she reminded me of God's grace and love and forgiveness. And um, 
that he died on the cross for our sins and that my baby's in heaven and she was there for me a hundred thousand percent and then I came home and I had a lot of healing to do and um I still couldn't like feel like I was forgiven and it was just there still and then my I knew about this deeper still retreat with through hands of hope and my mom and I went and then it was a whole beautiful process of like God's love and hope and grace and forgiveness and repentance. And I, God loves me and he loves my baby and my baby is in heaven and I'm going to see that baby. And I just, I feel so grateful and thankful for God's love. And it took a long time, but I finally feel the strength and hope and empowerment again. Wow. So what inspired you or what was, uh, how would you describe that feeling of wanting to share or, or what, what sort of helped, helps you helped, uh, guide you to that point? I think I was desperate, Jacob. I was desperate for some, something more to, I think I had to get to that rock bottom point in my life to know that God is there. That's a hard question. I that's a really good question. I was desperate for relief. I was sick of Satan and the enemy taking over my life. I was sick of it. And I got to the point where it was like, this is it. And God is right behind me, pushing me. And he's like, you got this, Lauren. And you need to share your story and tell the truth about your story. I don't want any woman to feel like how I felt in that bathroom ever. Hmm. What, um, as you, you know, as you shared it the second time, what was that like? Or sharing it an additional time beyond that first time of sharing? What, what was that experience like? It feels more empowering each time. I think the first time I did it for the Hands of Hope Gala was really emotional and a little scary. But as I continue to share the story, I feel this warmth and strength for others to have that power again, to get their life back again. And to walk closer with God than you've ever walked. Because God is so good. God is so good. And he loves us so much. Well, and also you had people reach out to you that had abortion, past abortions that talked yes. about it from seeing your story, correct? Yes. Tons of people from sharing the story the first and the second time have reached out to me. And how it's helped them have some encouragement and empowerment and forgiveness. And, but many of them haven't told anyone mm -hmm. too. And, you know, I remember some of them, their response was, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to tell mm -hmm. anyone. And still they're not ready and they'll get to that point. I wasn't ready. Yeah. It's I, like, I you think, know, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I mean, Michael, Michael is for women not to suffer for so long. Like, I don't want him to wait 11 years or 10 years. I mean, and, you know, we see so many at Deeper Still that have waited 30 years for healing, you know, and it's like, I just want to get the word out and get Lauren's story out um, so that more women will be healed, you know, and I, especially with the abortion pill, you know, when you have a surgical abortion, you go somewhere, someone does that to you. And you sometimes have anesthesia, but when you do this abortion pill, it's something you do to yourself in your own home, and you're really not told what to expect. And I just think the the trauma that this does on a woman is even far worse than the surgical abortion, mm -hmm. but it's now the abortion of choice. Um, so when you were saying you were tired of Satan, like, 
you know, holding this over you. Was it the shame or was it the, what kind of accusations were you hearing from, you know, from that voice or from. I'm not from good Satan? enough. I, how could you do this to your baby that you'll never have a relationship with God again? Like, I am scum. I felt just the lowest I could ever be. Like, what are you going to do? Everyone's going to just push you away and shove you away. You had an abortion. Like what kind of Christian are you? Constant in the and, back of my head. He's not and, when it comes to dispelling those false beliefs, what is that? What's been your journey there? It's a constant praying every morning, having my 10 minutes with Jesus every morning and remembering his love and being reminded of his love and the restoration and everything that he gives me and to continue to just fall close to God and know that he's forgiven me. I think that is like a constant. It never, it never goes away. It never goes away. It's always going to be a process. It's always going to be there, but it's just the fact that I don't have to hold on to that every day and that I can walk close to God and know that he's forgiven me and I can be there right there with God. And he wants to be my friend and that he died on the cross for my sins and that we, I can move forward without feeling like how I felt with Satan constantly reminding me. So, when it comes to like a, a passage in the Bible that may reflect like what you what you've experienced here, which passage comes to mind? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. I really I like Philippians four eight through nine. I don't know it by heart. <laughs> we can I can look it up for you. Yeah. Let's see here. Philippians four eight through nine. Let me uh, pull this up. So finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Mm -hmm. I love that verse. Mm -hmm. Those verses. That's good. So when it comes to your identity in Christ, how would you describe who you are in Christ? I'm a strong woman in Christ. The daughter of a king. I'm That's the good. daughter of a king. He's my best friend. He's walking right next to me right now. He's sitting right next to me. So what would you say to someone who has, has this bottled up still? Uh, how would you encourage them to... to find this relief this this restoration or this healing um my biggest advice would be don't do not walk into planned parenthood a b find a local pregnancy christian pregnancy center go find that the truth the facts the hope the love and to really lean into god and it's hard to get to that place at first but he's right there next to you and that's my biggest advice. Don't go to Planned Parenthood. It's really how passionate I feel about it. That's yeah. I that makes a lot of sense. So, so Joni, what are your thoughts on this story and this journey? Oh my gosh, Jacob! It's so just the things that God does. Like you know, I was putting that retreat together, and I felt like God had laid on my heart, get Lauren to the retreat, and. You know, she wasn't in a, a state of mind at that time to go to a retreat. I remember even having this conversation with God, like, I think he picked the wrong daughter. I don't think she wants to go. 
But I had no idea what was going to happen that night, you know. And then when she told me, I mean, I was like, wow, look at God. Look what he did. He brought her here so that she could tell me he put that on my heart. And I, I just remember holding my daughter all night long as she wept from the depths of her soul. Like, I've never heard anyone sob like that, you know. And I just wanted to... Um, reassure her. But I also, you know, I wasn't the CEO at the time. I was the president of the board, but I was, um, I kept telling her about the retreat. And then when I came to work here at Deeper Still, they, they kept telling me, Joni, you're the CEO. You need to go to a Deeper Still retreat. I said, I'm not going until my daughter goes. And so then last July, it was really our first exposure for both of us to go to Deeper Still. And I, I'm not kidding, Jacob. I cried from the minute I walked in till the minute I left because I was overwhelmed with, first of all, the volunteers that gave up their time, but it was because they had been through it and they had been healed, you know? And then just to the walk through repentance and restoration and memorializing the baby. I mean, that particular retreat, there were six women who came in with the weight of the world on their shoulders. And when they left on Sunday, they were exchanging numbers and you know, hugging each other and you could tell they were free. And mm -hmm. I mean, I just want to get that word out, Jacob, to as many women as possible that that is healing there and it's free for you. It's free for you through your local pregnancy center. So, you know, the healing is so important. And I truly believe if we're going to change any of these laws and these crazy things that are going on right now, it's those women who've been healed and who've had an abortion experience. When they speak, I believe people will listen. And I think it's so important to share those stories. Yeah, I, I agree. I think those stories need to be shared for, well, for, for at least two purposes. One is for healing for the person involved because saying it out loud and professing and confessing provides that pathway. And then also to, to help change the laws and to help more people avoid that same pain and experience because the enemy is pushing very negative false beliefs uh, that are dangerous and make it, you know, they're, they, they promote choice, but really they promote no choice. They promote, they promote death and the wrong choice. Um, yeah. Like, like when someone says, I'll support you in whatever choice you make, that's, you know, that's just a synonym for saying, I'll support you in an abortion. That's, right. you know, that's, that's what that really translates into. And someone, you know, the word choice has changed when it comes yeah. to yeah. what it means. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jacob, if I could rewrite all of the language we use, you know what I mean? I would. And I mean, even, you know, I just would like to say to even those pro-lifers to be careful how you speak, because the women are victims too. And, you know, I can't stand it when I go somewhere and I'm hearing murders and blah, blah, blah. And it's like that talk is going to get us nowhere. And actually with, you know, these measures that are coming up, they're going to, you know, the pro boards are going for eight states this year and they're going to keep going to get abortion, you know, as a constitutional right enshrined into the Constitution. And we're facing that in Arizona next year. And and it's like we're not going to get anywhere if pro-lifers are talking like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, they want, they're talking women's health. Well, we have the ultimate women's health right here. And that's what we should be talking about. I mean, honestly, they don't even care that it's a baby anymore. They will care more about women's health. So I just think when we're talking to people who are on the fence, we have to say, 
these measures are dangerous for mm-hmm. women's health. It takes out the safety measures. I mean, Jacob, if somebody takes that abortion pill past 10 weeks, they are at a risk of hemorrhaging. And if they don't have a sonogram before and after, you know, they won't, women don't know how far along they are, one. So they're at risk of hemorrhaging. If they don't have a sonogram afterwards, they could go septic if parts are left in them. And this abortion measure that we're going to see, women are going to die if it passes. And we have to be able to talk to our pro-choice family and friends about that by telling them abortion won't go away because in most states, it's going to go back to that 15-week law. But you do not want this to happen because women will die. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next 10 years in this industry. Hmm. Yeah, things have changed a lot in the last three to three years yeah, um, and- when it comes to the at-home abortion um, e- explosion, essentially. Right. I know. And I don't know, Jacob, if you saw that article in the Washington Post where um, one of the abortion providers out of Mexico, when they send the abortion tools, they're sending a vial of acid with it. And they're telling the woman to take the baby outside under a tree and pour this cartel-like acid on the baby to disintegrate Mm. the baby. And you tell me that's not going to add to the trauma of what a woman's going through. And they made it look like a religious experience. It's like, I mean, the the toilets at the sororities and the dorms are having issues, the plumbing, it's, it's, it's so bad. And, and it's just, it's just ridiculous how it is. I mean, if we went out to dinner and saw a pregnant woman having a glass of wine, I think those same people who are pro-abortion would go to that woman and say, what are you doing? You're putting your baby in danger, drinking that glass of wine, but they would have no problem with someone aborting their baby. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah the opposition's embracement of religious um, phrasing is it's um, it's hard to understand and fathom what they're what they're saying. But like, there's a group out of New Mexico called the Satanic uh, Temple, and they provide e-abortions, and it's just yeah, it's very dark, and it's and it, and they I I didn't even I haven't I didn't notice them existing more than more than uh, five months ago. I don't I don't know when they started, but they they're based out of Salem, Massachusetts, but it's yeah the, the whole religious like language or they you know it's just it's just a different uh, I'm not sure how to really wrestle with those phrases and and thoughts. Yeah, it's it's unlike anything we've seen. I mean, I know Jacob, you've been involved in this for a long time too, and it's like I was just telling John Taper the other day. I said it's it's like I've never seen before this time in the pro life movement. You know, I mean, and I think there's just still people out there who think, oh, well, Roe versus Wade got overturned and abortion went away. I mean, here in Pima County, it's worse than ever right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This fight is at the state level and and um, and we haven't had success at that level as of yet uh, when it comes to several states having either. Yeah. From my understanding is that we're yeah, we've it, it's just it's. um. There's a long, a lot of work to be done on the state levels. Mm-hmm. Um, well, going back to your your story, Lauren, um, what would you, as you reflect on your story, where do you see it? Where do you see it taking you forward? Where does where does this story, uh, where does your where does your story continue? 
my story continues. I want to share my story to everybody out there. I want to get it out there and I want women to know that there is healing and restoration because I think that is missing. A lot of that is missing right now. Like I know a lot of people that have had them that have not talked about it. And, and I want women to know the truth. It's like the truth, the truth, the truth will set you free. And I want them to know the truth and have that healing and restoration because it's not talked about a lot. So I am, my mom and I have been praying about this and just putting our, my story out there, our story out there so that we can be there to help others. Like I don't want any woman to feel like how I felt for that many years mm -hmm. ever. And I'm super passionate about it. And that's where I'm going with it. God leads me through, you wow. know? Yeah. So, and, and so when, when telling your story to people, what kind of, you know, so you've had some people say that, you know, they, it sounds like you've been an inspiration to some who have then continue, mm -hmm. you know, actually then shared their story. What did, what did that, what was your experience with someone saying that like, you know, you've inspired me to share my story and, and find healing. Oh, hugs and love. And I'm right with you. Like amazing. And I've had people come to me and say, I'm not ready to share it. Cause that's okay. That's okay. And and then I just put that in my back pocket and pray for her every day that she'll come to that. And, place. and if someone's, yeah, if someone says I'm not ready to share it, at least you've planted that seed. And it sounds like they might have shared a little bit by even saying they're not ready to share but, it. Like that is sharing something. And those so. exact words. And I'll never forget. Like that one person, you know, and I'm going to pray for her every day. Yeah. I remember when Lauren said to go ahead and put her story on Facebook. I was like, are you sure you want to do that? You know? And she said, I do. Because if I can keep one woman from taking this pill, or if I can encourage one woman to have healing, mm -hmm. you know, it's all worth it. And I was like, okay, you know, so, I mean, I just, Jacob, if I could just implore to every woman out there who's had an abortion experience, get healing. Mm -hmm. Even if you think you don't need it, there was one woman at this particular retreat and hers, she had an illegal abortion in the seventies, yeah. you know, she is in her seventies and she was. Like, it really didn't bother me, but I'll tell you what, when we did that memorial service, mm -hmm. she fell apart. And she really, and she also realized that there was three generations of abortions in her family, and she wanted to stop that, yep. you know? So I think the other thing I would just encourage everybody, when you're talking to women, just assume everyone you're talking to has had an abortion, because we know one in four, probably more like one in three, have had an abortion. And so that was something, the practice that I took on as I was traveling for work, I would just, when I would, people would ask me about me and, you know, being part of Hands of Hope was always something that I, was something that I did, but I would talk like everyone I was talking to had had an abortion experience with sensitivity just in case. And, and I will tell you nine times out of 10, that person told me they had an abortion. Wow. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. what, a, what a good, what's, that's really good advice. Um. So, so Lauren and or Joni, where have you seen God's fingerprints in this story? Where have you seen God's? Um, yeah. How how would you describe your experience with God during this journey? Well, I could say I just get so excited about it. But, um, well, first of all, my daughter rededicated her life to Christ as a result of this, you know, and is on fire and. I just, uh, I'm excited because every day I see her posting on, you know, social media, her kind scriptures of <laughs> and, you know, her experience with God. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's like that, 
promise that we have in the Proverbs that you train up a child in the way they should go and they will return. And, and I'm watching that happen with my kids. And so I just, you know, I talk to women who say, my daughter had an abortion and I don't speak to her. And I'm like, why? Why would you not speak to her? Like we have the, the hope and the healing. And and I, I've, I've, I've had women tell me I've taken my daughter's picture off the wall because she had an abortion. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like, that's the old way of thinking. We don't, we don't want, I mean, I want people to tell, share with me if they have an abortion experience so I can tell them about the healing. Mm-hmm. And how about you, Lauren? I mean, I just feel on fire. God is so good. And my mom is so good. Like she, I admire everything she is. I didn't appreciate it in the back in the olden days. Um, but like just seeing God's work through this has been really amazing. And I feel finally just at peace. And I'm like, that's all I've ever wanted is peace. And the, the peace comes with all of this healing and restoration. And I just am excited for the future. Like, I really want this to get out and I want it to be the truth and not any of this mushy stuff. I mean, you know, Jacob, when we say, you know, those words we hate, pro-choice, pro-life, but I think the pregnancy centers are more pro-choice than than Planned Parenthood. I mean, because when women come in at Hands of Hope, this is how we do it. We make sure they know all their options, but they know the truth. This is what will happen. When you take the abortion pill, mm-hmm. this is what will happen if you have a surgical abortion. And then we have those resources when they say, you know, I can't finish school. And we're like, did you know that your childcare can be paid for if you're yeah. going to the university? I mean, we have all those resources to help them get through it and, and the people who want to help them. And, you know, we just, if we can just get them in the door, we want to tell, you know, we usually can help them change their mind by just telling them the truth. That's all we do. We don't coerce them. We don't manipulate them. We just tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's definitely risks and serious health benefits to certain decisions. And so it makes a lot of sense to just share the truth and then helping someone regain that ability to think logically and, um, and, and understanding what's going to be best for them in their future makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense. It's like if we can just get in front of them because you know the enemy wants to keep them trapped in their shame and guilt. Yeah. And 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 he'll keep them there as long as he can. And we just want them to be free and to know Christ, you know? So throughout this experience, what's something, uh, so Lauren, what's something you learned that you didn't see coming or that you didn't expect to learn? Um, I didn't expect to know that I didn't have to carry the shame for the rest of my life. I didn't expect that. And you know, and when I, you guys are talking about the abortion pill, like I literally thought I was going to die in the bathroom. And like the Planned Parenthood did not tell me any of those things were going to happen to me. I thought I was going to die. It was the craziest. I mean, Jacob, scariest. She, she thought she was taking plan B. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they need to prepare women that it's going to be a bloodbath, that you're going to be vomiting. You're going to have diarrhea and you're going to be in pain. And you know, I mean, look, Lauren hasn't been back in that bathroom in 13 years. Yes. If, but we have a plan for that. Yes. She and I are going to go redeem that bathroom. It's a bathroom in my home. But, um, and Deeper still helped us with that too. But she literally has not been in that bathroom for 13 years. Yeah. It's the word. And so Planned Parenthood didn't tell me any of that. So I learned that. That's just another side fact. And that I don't have to carry the shame and guilt for the rest of my life. And that I can be strong and empowered and share my story 
so that we can help other women. Really. Hmm. And Joni, how about you? So as you look back at this story, what's something that you learned that you didn't expect uh, or what's something that you know took place you didn't expect to have happen? I just think, you know, I'd heard about Deeper Still, but just experiencing it, it, it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And to watch those women come in, you know, that one day and then leave them. And, and we've been doing these for years. We do three or four a year. And we have 100% healing, Mm -hmm. you know, 100%. And I mean, so many people wanting to volunteer to help because they were freed. It's just, I just, I mean, I'm just trying to get the word out to everyone right now about the abortion pill, the truth about the abortion pill and what it does. And also um, I'm lobbying right now for the measure that's going to be coming up next year on the ballot Mm -hmm. because we don't want that. Yeah, tell us about that measure that you're working on. Okay, so um, so the Abortion Alliance Network has um, put this together, and they have a ton of money. So they are trying to enshrine abortion in the Constitution as a constitutional right. Um, the way the language reads, it will be abortion up till birth. They're saying, you know, to viability, 24 to 28 weeks, but... There is a um, a line in there that unless a medical provider, which is very vague, so that could be an athletic trainer, a massage therapist, could say this woman psychologically needs to have an abortion. So it's really just, and it's taking out all the safety measures. So it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. And I think if we can explain that to even the people who are on the fence or who are pro-choice, if they truly care about women, they will vote against this. I mean, we have our fight against us. It passed in Michigan. It passed in Ohio. And those are conservative states. And Arizona is not a conservative state anymore. But um, I will go down fighting along with Kathy Herod with the Center for Arizona Policy and what they're doing to fight this because I have to stand before God. Yeah. And um, my goal is to get the word out to as many people as possible to vote no on this and you know for those people on the fence and the pro boards it's abortion won't go away it won't go away but you don't want this it is if you truly care about women you will vote against this because i'm telling you women will die yep hmm. well thank you so much for yeah taking up that work and um well Will you, will the two of you, if you have any final thoughts, this would be a good time. And then I'd like to wrap it up with prayer, uh, prayer for those who are listening with the expectation that they will join in this prayer and, you know, join in their cry to God as we, as we, as you ask for certain things or Mm -hmm. or ask, yeah. And, and pray. I would, I guess my final comment would be, you know, if you've had an abortion experience, Mm -hmm. You know, definitely. I mean, you can call us. We, I, I, you can come to our our training for free. We will make it happen. Um, um, we have an onsite counselor you can see for free. We're offering surrendering the secret um, Bible studies. I mean, we have all of that. We're so I would just say to that, and then also to to the pro lifers, be sensitive in your language. Let's get rid of murder out of our language. I mean, we all know that, you know, I, I, I went to a debrief on Ohio and he said, everyone knows it's a baby. Okay. Everyone knows that we've done a really good job of telling everyone there's a baby, but, um, 
They don't care, Jacob. They don't care. So, but we need to, I think, talk about women's health. Let's be sensitive to the women who've had abortions. You know, Um, you don't know what their circumstances were. You don't know. And they felt like they were in a hopeless time, you know, and we just need to be there for healing and with the grace and forgiveness that God has shown all of us. And um, I mean, that's our big thing. I mean, we are so after the abortion minded here that we, we see very few carry clients. We see only abortion minded clients or undecided because we are 40 steps from an abortionist and 200 steps from Planned Parenthood. So, um, you know, I'm all about that, that healing. Yeah, right now. me too. Healing and restoration and hope that don't lose that hope. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. God's right next to you. And you know, this, this work is not for wimps. If you're a wimp, you cannot be involved in the pro-life world because the Satan will not leave you alone. I mean, I took this job and as soon as I said yes, the next day I broke my neck. The very next day. And I ended up having to have my neck fused, had to have major surgery. My first year as the CEO, I was in a neck brace. But you know what? When I broke my neck, I knew I was the right person for for this job because if Satan thinks a broken neck was going to keep me from doing God's work, it wasn't going to happen. But I knew. It was an attack when my neck was broken. Mm-hmm. And that's just mm. how it is. I mean, I watched Lauren before she's going to speak or before she's going to talk. The enemy just boom, Constant. tries to do everything he can to stop us. But you know what? We are on the side of God and the most sacred place on earth is the womb of a woman. Mm. And, you know, we have to just remember he is, he's in our corner. Yes. He wants us to do this. So he's going to open the doors and provide what we need to be able to do it. Exactly. And I just want to encourage all of those people out there that are running pregnancy centers, keep going. Don't be discouraged. I know sometimes, you know, funds can get low and you get discouraged and employee issues or whatever, but don't be. And if you need someone to, you know, give you a shot in the arm, call me up because I will encourage you to keep going every day yeah. because there's nothing better than doing God's work. Mm, that's so good. Well, Joni, would you start us off? And then Lauren, would you wrap it up as, you know, and we and just pray us out of this podcast? Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Jacob. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for Jacob and his heart for this issue and, and how he puts himself out there, Lord. And I just pray that you will continue to bless them. And Lord, I pray for every pregnancy center director and their staff right now, God, that you would just encourage them. And um, let them know, remind them that they're doing your work and that you're walking beside them, God, and for them to be so encouraged. And God, I just pray for the women out there that are facing an unplanned pregnancy, that you will um, bring them to the local pregnancy center where they can have hope and encouragement, Lord. I pray for... um, I pray for these initiatives that are going around, God, that you would strike them down, Lord. They have more money than we will ever have, but we have you, God. And you're a God of miracles. And Lord, we are fighting with you. And I pray, God, for women to not experience abortion and for those who have to find healing. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those women that have experienced any sort of abortion, that you will just be right there next to them and that you will remind them of your love and your forgiveness and that they will 
reach out to the local pregnancy centers and that we can all be there as a team for you, God, to encourage them and give them the hope and the empowerment they need. I pray that you will just continue to work through us every day. And thank you for Jacob and everything he's doing. And my mom, hands of hope. And I pray for all the local pregnancy centers that they will just be encouraged and that we can continue to get the word and the truth out there. We love you, Lord. And we praise you in your name I pray. We pray. Amen. Amen.
Our sponsors include Heritage House, Patriot Insurance, and iRapture.com. The Pro-Life Team Podcast is a ministry of iRapture.com. If you would like to explore making a donation or becoming a sponsor or have a recommendation for who would be a good guest on the podcast, please contact us at hello at prolife.team.